Now, there's something I want you to know. Uh, that supernatural does not mean weird, okay? I, I, I know that when a church begins to talk about the supernatural, some of you instantly click to weird, right? Because you've been to maybe that church before, right? You've been to that place where, where people are barking like dogs, right? You know, you know, the guy is walking from chair to chair laying hands on people. Y'all know, you ever been to that church? Okay, well, you are today. You'll see it later. No, I'm just kidding. You know, and so, so sometimes when the church begins to talk about supernatural, they automatically begin to think weird, okay? We're not talking about weird. We're talking about supernatural. We see it in the Bible. We see that, that aprons and handkerchiefs were literally taken, the Bible says, from Paul's skin and laid on people, and boom, they were healed. That's pretty cool. Now, I don't want anybody coming up afterwards and trying to grab my shirt, all right? But that's pretty cool. That's supernatural activity, and it happens in the Bible, the natural is easy for us to understand. We can wrap our mind around it. You're sitting in a chair. That's natural. You know, you're sitting next to somebody. You can shake their hand. You can touch. That's natural, okay? It's the spirit realm or the supernatural that we have a hard time wrapping our mind around. But here's what we need to understand, that God is spirit. The Bible says this in John 4, 21, that God is spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In other words, God is spirit, and by that verse, he is inviting us into the spirit realm. God is spirit, and we must worship him now in spirit and in truth, okay? And so he's inviting us to understand him more to get into that realm. A matter of fact, you know, there's the Godhead, there's the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Okay, if we want to go King James, okay? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know that the Holy Spirit is mentioned 800 times in the Bible? That's a lot of times, okay? The, the word for spirit, um, both in the, the Hebrew and the Greek, just give it to you real quickly, the, in, in, in the Hebrew is ruach, and in the Greek it's pneuma. Both of those mean wind or blast of air, okay? So this is what the Bible is trying to tell us. The Bible is trying to kind of give us an understanding. You can't quite wrap your mind around the spirit realm, you can't quite wrap your mind around the Holy Spirit. Let me try to explain the Holy Spirit to you. He's like the wind, okay? Some of you are sitting behind that big fan, and you can feel the breeze blowing on you. You can't see the breeze, but you can feel the effects of the breeze, okay? Although we cannot see the spirit realm, we cannot see the Holy Spirit, he affects our lives, okay? It's like if you're ever in a big windstorm, you can't see the wind, what can you see? You can just see the effects of the wind, the trees that are blowing, the dust that is flying up. You can just see the effects of it, okay? The Holy Spirit is real. You might not be able to tangibly see him, but he's active in our lives today. What's he doing? He's working to convict the world of sin, of, of righteousness, and of the judgment that's to come. It's the Holy Spirit that's at work today. We can't necessarily see him, but we can see the effects. We can see people responding to an altar call. We didn't see the Holy Spirit touching their heart in the service, but all of a sudden we see the effects of it as they come up here and they repent and they get right before God, okay? We can't see the Holy Spirit working and touching somebody in their body. About seven of you raised your hand saying, man, I need a touch in my body. And by faith, you laid your hand on that part of your body that needs to be touched. We can't see the Holy Spirit necessarily working, but when we get the report, come on somebody, we're going to see the effects of the fact that the Holy Spirit was working in your body. Some of you today, you raised your hand saying, I need a financial breakthrough. We don't know what God's doing on the other end. We can't see him working. It's in the spirit realm. But our prayers are powerful and mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Come on, somebody. 
that our prayers are effective and they went out and they're going to work right now. And if you raised your hand, you said, man, I need a new job. I need a pay raise. I need a breakthrough in my finances. You've got to know in faith that God is working on the other side. You can't see him working, but I'm telling you right now, you'll see the effects of it when he gives you that pay raise. Are you with me? We can't see it. We see the effects of it. And the Holy Spirit, the supernatural, is at work in our lives. Hebrews 11.3 tells us this, that it's actually the spirit realm or the unseen realm that actually created everything we see. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that that which is visible was not created by that which is seen. In other words, it's the supernatural realm, the unseen realm, that is working and creating what we see today. Uh, We're a church that believes in the supernatural. We're a church. People have questions about it. People have questions about angels and demons. People have questions about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues. Okay? I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I speak in a heavenly language, as Paul talks about. Sometimes it's with, with the tongues of angels. Other times it's with the tongues of man. But we speak mysteries to God. God understands it. Okay? And so people have questions about those things. But let me just tell you right now, Okay, we are a supernatural church. We are a spirit-filled church. We believe that miracles are for today. We believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for today. We believe that the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in the lives of believers. We believe in the gift of prophecy. We believe in the gift of, of words of knowledge and words of wisdom. We believe in the gift of the working of miracles. We believe in the gift of faith, tongues, interpret. We believe in all of that, okay? And I believe this summer we're gonna see more of that take place in our church. Acts 19, as we conclude today, is a great story because in this story we see the unseen and the seen. Now, the two realms that we're talking about, we see the natural and the supernatural begin to collide, okay? Now, Ephesus was actually a very dark city, okay? Ephesus was a city that was known for, the, for, the, for, for what we would call maybe today black magic, Okay, we see that at the end of the story is they would bring all their stuff and they were practicing this dark magic and they burned it all. This is what the city was known for. Matter of fact, the goddess Diana, who was, who was one of the seven wonders of the world at that time, that people would come from all over the world to see her temple and to come and to worship there. Okay? There was a lot of black magic happening in this time. Paul, when he gets to Ephesus, now how many know that Paul, man, he knew how to, he knew how to create a riot, okay? If you read your Bible, man, this guy did not back away from anything. He would just, man, he saw something, he was going after it. He comes to Ephesus and he sees all this stuff taking place. And the Bible says that he stays there for two years preaching the gospel. Paul knew how to lay a foundation for the supernatural. Okay? What is the foundation for the supernatural? Listen to me, it's not Hollywood. Okay? It's not paranormal activity one or two. Okay? A foundation for understanding and operating in the supernatural, in the spirit realm, is a solid base of the Word of God. Okay? Let me tell you, our church has been going for two years. And I have been bombarded and asked questions all the time because I came from a very charismatic background. If you don't know what that means, it means a very uh, outward manifestation of the presence of God. Let me put it that way. I came from that. Uh, The pastor I was under, one of the best at moving in the spirit realm. I mean, he is just dialed in and tapped in, and, and man, he just flows in it. I've learned so much from him. And I've had so many questions since we started this church. Ben, when are we going to see the presence of God move in our church? And this is what I tell them. I say, we are seeing the presence of God move in our church. 
Did you see the person that got saved last week? That's the presence of God moving in our church, okay? We are seeing the presence of God moving in our church. You see that couple, their marriage restored? That's the presence of God moving in our church, okay? Uh, you want to see the presence of God? Do you remember that one, that one lady that came forward that had that, had that disease, that lupus, and, and we prayed for her, and we didn't create a big show, okay? And we just prayed for her quietly, and, and moved, God touched her. The presence of God is moving in our church. But I, I know, Ben, but when are we going to see it like we saw it in other places? Well, number one, I don't know if we are, okay? But number two, I've learned something from Paul. Before we can move in the supernatural realm, we better have a solid base of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we have something to build on. Are you with me? The Bible talks about he's building his church on the rock. What is the rock? It's the word of God. He is not building his church on a manifestation or a move. Are you with me today? Matter of fact, the Bible says this, blessed are those that have not yet seen, yet they believe. Matter of fact, Jesus rebuked some of the Pharisees when they came to him and they were seeking a sign. Show us a sign. You know what he said to them? He said, an evil and unbelieving generation seeks a sign. But I ain't going to give you one, except for Jonah. Go back and read it. Okay? What did he do? He went back to the Word. For two years, we've been laying a foundation of the Word of God, but I believe this summer, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to move in a new way in our church, and we're going to begin to see some paranormal, come on somebody, activity right here. Okay? And we won't even have to lay down flour and see footprints in it. Come on, somebody. If you saw the movie, you know what I'm talking about, right? Okay? People are going to get healed. People are going to get set free. Amen? We see the two worlds colliding. We see it, boom. It's such a great story. Cool thing is this, as we read out of Ephesians 6, and now we're reading out of Acts 19. Acts 19 is taking place in Ephesus. Paul later on writes the book of Ephesians. It wasn't a book at the time. writes a letter to Ephesus. In the letter he writes to Ephesus, the central theme of the whole book is spiritual warfare. Think about it. He encountered spiritual warfare, and then later on he writes a letter back to him about how to engage in spiritual warfare. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Paul's there for two years. Great things, the Bible says, are happening. Great things are happening. I want to read this to you again because I want you to see this. Verse 11, Acts 19, and God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. If we miss the first part of that sentence, we miss how to move in the supernatural. Because it says, and God was doing extraordinary miracles. And he just happened to be using Paul, okay? Listen to me, I want you to know something right off the bat. It's not us. It's not me laying hands on you, although the Bible does teach that we can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Why do we lay hands on the sick? Because the Bible tells us to. So who's doing the work? He is. But look at what it says. He's doing extraordinary miracles through Paul. Okay? That tells me this, that God needs to stay the focus of the supernatural activity. How do we know when supernatural activity is of God or if it's of the devil? We know because of who it brings the focus to. And listen to me, if, supernat- if someone is up there, listen, because the focus could come on man very quickly. And if the focus goes to man and God's not getting the glory, I have a problem with that. God's the one doing the supernatural event. God's the one healing. God's the one restoring. God's the one. It, all he's looking for is people that would be humble enough and willing enough, like Paul, to say, hey, I'll stay in Ephesus and preach the gospel for two years. Paul humbled himself, did that, and now God uses Paul to do these extraordinary things things that he's doing in Ephesus. 
Think about how extraordinary this is. It wasn't just him laying hands on people, but the Bible literally stops for a moment to point out the fact that aprons and handkerchiefs were taken from Paul's body. I don't know how that looked. I don't know if Paul was too busy. He's like, look, I can't go anymore here. Take my apron. He got done at barbecuing on first Sunday. He was flipping burgers. Come on, somebody. He was like, look, I can't get in there. Right. I, got, I got to stay here and keep flipping my burgers. Just take my apron. You know? I don't know what that looked like. But think about it. This, this, this shows us something. It shows us that the anointing or the supernatural is tangible at times and transferable. Think about that. I, I was in Mexico one time. And I was, uh, it was at Rocky Point. We were in this little ice cream place. And I was down there and we were doing a retreat, a youth retreat. And so at one of the breaks, we decided let's go for a walk. And, and we went, ended up in this ice cream shop and we're having ice cream. And there was this, uh, there was this Mormon temple on the other side of the street. And some of these young, zealous kids were like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go over there, and we're, gonna, we're just going to walk around that Mormon temple. We're going to bind, you know, the devil in Jesus' mighty name. I said, that sounds like a really cool idea, but I don't know if that's the smartest idea. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay, and I read, I read a story one time that some seven young kids, they thought they were going to do that, and a demon beat them all up. Okay. And they were like, oh, whatever, you know, whatever. And literally, I'm like, look, guys, I don't think. And as, as soon as I said that, the chandelier right above me fell. And my wife had to pull me back, and it crashed right in front of me. almost almost landed on my head. Now, some of you are out there like, yeah, there was a screw loose. You know? Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, there was, you know, what, you, know you can come up with all the scenarios you want. Okay? But the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Okay? We wrestle against principalities. Listen to me. The supernatural realm is at work, okay? And it is transferable and oftentimes tangible. Paul is saying, think about this. If you go to work, if you understood the supernatural realm, my mom did this. My mom, my brother was lost for years. He had a large, successful roofing business in Portland, Oregon. Ended up getting involved in meth, left his wife, his kids, had, had sexual addiction as well as drug addiction. I mean, it was just a wreck, a mess. Ended up homeless on the street for three years. There was like a good chunk of about 12, 18 months. We didn't even know where he was. We finally got back in contact with him and found he was living on the streets. And, uh, man, we prayed for him. He was, still on, he was still on meth. He was just messed up, messed up. And so he finally started talking with once, us once again, and we would bring him clothes. We were in Seattle. He was in Portland. And so my mom bought him some shoes, and my mom um, got these cloths and had the whole church pray over him. And we wrote scriptures on him. Now, some of you might think, man, that's eccentric. Well, you know, one day when you have kids and they're not serving God, you, then you come tell me it's eccentric then, all right? And we wrote scriptures on them. We anointed them. And we prayed. We had the whole church praying. And then my mom cut open the shoe, stuck it inside, and then sewed the shoe back up. Brought that, that to my brother. Within one year, my brother was, was completely turned around, rededicated his life to Jesus, got off drugs. I moved him down from uh, Portland. So when I was living in San Diego now, and I moved him into my house in San Diego for about three to six months and uh, helped him get restored. Listen to me. I believe there was a transfer of the anointing in that moment. I really believe that. Think about this when you're at work next time, okay? And maybe you've been praying for somebody, okay? And they come up and they're like, Hey, man, I forgot my pen. Can I borrow your pen today? Are you with me? Oh, yeah, I got a pen right here. It's just a special pen, you know? And you give them that pen, you know? And then the anointing. Now, some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy. I'm being serious right now, okay? Pretty soon, man, you're going to have like a whole, like, like boxes of pens, and people are going to think you're a freak. 
But you're just going to be walking everywhere. Hey, you need a pen today? Do you need a pen? I got a pen for you. You need a pen? You need a pen? And all of a sudden, what happens if your whole entire workplace got saved? Are you with me today? See, some of you, you're not, you're not getting it. You're like, whoa. We got some pens for you, by the way, out here afterwards. <laughs> see, some of you are going to go get those clothes. You don't know we've been praying over those clothes. Some, see, no one's out there barbecuing right now. They're just praying over those hot dogs right now. God, I pray when it goes into their belly. No, I'm just kidding. Think about it. It got, it got transferred. It got transferred. People saw this. They saw what was taking place, and they wanted to do it. Okay? They wanted to do it. And so, you, you know, we, we, we saw the story. We read the story. And these guys, they say, hey, I'm going to finish up here in two minutes. They get out there, and they say, hey, we want to do that. That's pretty cool. I mean, look what Paul's doing. He's like using, what, what's that guy's name? Lord Jesus Christ. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, let's go. Let's go get some demons out of people. And obviously they're a little scared, so they bring everyone, all seven of them. Come on, somebody. Okay? You know they're rookies, you know. All seven of them, you know, let's go, you know. They walk over there and they're, we adjure you in the name of, what was it? The Lord Jesus Christ. And just in case the demon didn't know who that was, you know the one that Paul's been preaching about. That guy. And we tell you to come out. And nothing happened. Nothing. The demon looks at him and says, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jesus I know. Now if you look at the, at the, at the original, the original uh, uh, language, when it says Jesus I know, it's this word gnosko, which means to know because we've encountered him. In other words, Jesus I know because he's kicked my fanny before. That's what he's saying. Jesus, I know because, man, we, 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 we got messed up by him, man. He, he, we, we, we were, you know, man, we don't want to, we, we know him, okay? And then it says this, in Paul, and in my version it says recognize, and yours it probably says no, and Paul I know, but the word know is this, it's epistemi, which means to know because of connection or acquaintance. I want you to catch something. Jesus, I know because, man, he messed us up. Paul, I know because... He's connected with the one that messed us up. But who in the world are you? And it just turned into a UFC brawl right there in Ephesus. And they were going for it, man. And I don't know about you, but if I was, if I was there and I saw my buddies getting jacked up by this demon-possessed guy, I would be out. But for some reason, they stayed around. The Bible says that all seven of them fled naked and wounded. Okay? They just ran out, naked and wounded, okay? But yet we see back here that Paul was doing the same thing, but he was succeeding. Why was that? Because he was in connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, I know, man, he jacks us up. Paul, I know, because he hangs out with the one that jacks us up. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to move in the supernatural realm, you better be connected with the one that jacks them up. Are you with me today? You better know what you believe, you better know whom you believe, and you better have the Word of God in you. Listen to me, the supernatural realm is not something you can just mess around with. Hey, we're just going to go over there to that Mormon, Mormon temple in Mexico, and we're just going to... No, you're not. You're going to get jacked up. You better know. See, listen to me. You know what the devil wants to try to do in your life? He wants to try to diminish the knowledge that you have of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if he doesn't, if you don't have a full understanding of the authority and the power that's in your life as you're connected with him, then he can do stuff in the spirit realm in your life. See, some of you, listen to me, some of you are battling stuff right now and you are looking at it all wrong. 
Some of you are battling a physical element in your body, and you've been trying to do it in the natural realm. Some of you are battling something, and, and you're looking at your finances. Listen to me. It is not a natural thing. You, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in heavenly places. And we need to understand that, that we are the children of God. And because we're connected with him, and if we have that knowledge and that understanding, then the spirit realm will look at you and say, I ain't going to mess with you because I know who you're connected to. Listen to me. One of the dumbest things you can do as a believer is mess around. If you know the truth and the truth has set you free and you walk back into sin, you're an idiot. Well, there goes the whole church. Nice knowing you. Because you are messing around not just with the natural, you are messing around with the spirit realm. And I'm telling you, the Bible says, give no place to the devil. But if you have a knowledge and the truth has set you free, God has set you free, and you are, you are do, if you are uh, not married and you are sleeping around, you are not just opening yourself up to sexual diseases. You are opening yourself up to the spirit realm. Listen to me, you know, I worked in youth ministry for a long time, and it's not just a youth ministry thing, it's a, it's a humanity thing. The three greatest ways you open yourself up to the spirit realm are, number one, overt, overtly getting involved in it. Ouija boards, different stuff like that. The second way is drugs. Those visions you see, they're not visions. The third way is sexual immorality. Because when you have intercourse with somebody, you are not just having an act in the natural. You are imparting a portion of your pers- yourself into that person. Open yourself up. Listen to me. As a Christ follower, you know the truth. The truth has set you free. Stay free. Are you with me today? And please come back. I didn't mean to call you an idiot. Forgive me. They were connected. Paul was connected so he could do these things. Who do you know today? Who do you know today? Such a great story. We see the end of this story. God even used that moment of these seven guys getting beat up to bring glory to his name. People were afraid. They were freaking out. They're like, wow, that can happen to them. What could happen to us? I want to get connected to the the guy that Paul's connected to. I, I want to make sure that don't happen to me. So much fear fell on them that they begin to bring their stuff and they begin to get rid of it and they begin to bring it and lay it down and they begin to burn it. So much stuff was brought there that the Bible says that 50,000 pieces of silver. The Bible says they were confessing stuff. They were bringing stuff. They were getting rid of stuff. They're saying, look, I don't want this in my life any longer. I want to get, get right with God. I want to get rid of this stuff. I, I need to get some stuff off of me today. I need, I need to confess some sins. I, I need to confess my sin to him for he's faithful and just and to forgive me of my sin. I need to go to a brother or a sister and confess my sin because the Bible says if I confess my sin to one another, I shall be healed. I, I've been dabbling in some stuff and I just, I just need, to conf- I need to get it out today in the open and I need it to burn right there because the Bible says unless an axe is laid to the root and it's thrown into the fire. Are you with me today? There are some of you here today, I feel it with all my heart, that there is some stuff you need to get rid of today. 
there is some stuff you need. I don't know if it's going to be the fear of the Lord because of a scripture we read or just the presence of God coming on you right now. But you know that you know that you know that you need to get right with God. You know that you get get some garbage out of your life. There's some others of you here today that you need a supernatural touch. You need a breakthrough in your life. And you can sit there skeptical all you want. Or by faith, you can say, you know what? I've tried it my way. I've tried doing it. I've gone to doctors. I've gone to credit counselors. I've talked to mom. I've talked to dad. It ain't working. I need to try something new. What's the new? You just need a touch of the Holy Spirit today. You need the supernatural working. Uh, listen to me. Why are we talking about a collision of two worlds? Because it collides for you every day. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in heaven, against cosmic powers in heavenly places. Listen to me. Don't walk out of this place. Bring your junk today. Lay it at the feet of Jesus today. And the Bible says that the word of God continued to prevail mightily. You want the word of God to prevail in your life? Get connected to him. Stay connected to him. Continue to get free of stuff. And I'm telling you, man, the word will continue to prevail mightily in your life. God, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you that your word is living and active. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're here today. Eyes closed, heads bowed. Nobody looking around just for a moment. Some of you here today, I need you to understand something. You are not fighting a natural battle. You are here today, and I don't, even, I don't need to describe it anymore. I don't need to go into it in depth, but you know that you know that you know. Eyes are closed, heads are bowed, that you are. There's something in your life that you have not been able to break through and overcome. There's something in your life that you have not been able to break yourself of or rid yourself of. Listen to me right now. If you're a parent in this place or you're married or you're engaged and one day you're going to have children, listen to me. If you don't win this battle, it'll be passed on to your children. If you don't win this battle, it'll be passed on to your children. And it'll become their battle. But today, the power of God is present to break it in Jesus' mighty name. And you're here today, and you would say, you know what? I need something. I need a supernatural touch. I don't know what the area of your life is, but I know you need it today. I don't know what the breakthrough is, but I know you need it today. And you are here, and you would say, Ben, that is me. I need a super, I need the worlds to collide. I need the supernatural activity of the Holy Spirit at work in my life. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. If we do not tap into the unseen, if we do not promote a kingdom that is not just natural but very supernatural, you could go get a good talk anywhere else. But church is not about a good talk. Church is not about, hey, a feel-good thing. Church is a place where we could come together as a community and experience a life-changing breakthrough together as believers.